0: Hey there and welcome to episode number 075 of the Food as Medicine show with Dr. Anne, the place to be for real talk with people and real results so you can heal yourself naturally. I'm your host, Dr. Anne. I'm a board-certified pharmacist and health coach and functional medicine practitioner who finds and fixes the root cause of chronic conditions, specializing in gut health. If you need help with your nutrition, your food sensitivities and healing your gut, you can book an appointment with me at dran.com/work and an is spelled a and h as in healthy. Today I'm recording from beautiful Sapa, Vietnam, which is in the northwest mountains of Vietnam and it has beautiful terraced rice fields. If you ever see, you know, pictures of green, um, rice fields in the mountains, You're, you likely have seen photos of Sapa. And my aunt and I um, are planning to, to spend the day just doing some trekking through some local villages and visiting um, you know, local ethnic Vietnamese minorities, which um, I'm sure there'll be tons of photo opportunities. And tomorrow we plan to be visiting Phan Cipang Mountain, which I just learned is the highest mountain in Indochina, which um, consists of Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. And then we're off to Halong Bay, and um, for a three-day trip around the bay, which is a um, one of the new Seven w- Wonders of the World, natural wonders of the world. And you know, this trip has been kind of last-minute and kind of crazy, but um, it's because I want to cruise, and I had to use it up within a certain amount of time. So I'm really looking forward to. I was looking forward to a nice April to work, but um, you know, hopefully things will slow down towards the end of the month, and uh, I can work on some projects. Um, now before we get to the episode, I want to let you know that the opinions expressed on this show may not be- represent my opinions. And this show shows for general information only, not a substitute for medical care. So prior to beginning any new health program, I recommend that you consult with a qualified health professional. And in today's episode, I chat with Jessica Drummond, who has her master's in physical therapy and is a certified holistic professional. Health- Coach, as well as the founder and CEO of the Integrative Women's Health Institute. And she's so passionate about caring for and empowering women who struggle with women's and pelvic health conditions. And, you know, she is definitely the go-to person, um, in my mind, when it comes to physical therapy types of questions, um, women's pelvic pain and pelvic health and she has over a decade of experience as you know a women's and pelvic physical therapist. And plus, she's owned her own um, private health clinic, um, doing clinical nutrition and coaching um, for years now. And she also has um, a great course coming up to help tra- uh, practitioners, um, to train practitioners to do what she does. And I highly recommend that if you're looking to um, transition into a holistic health field um, to look at her programs because she's got a lot of um, comprehensive programs that um, will make you into a very uh, qualified, very confident, very knowledgeable practitioner who gets results for their clients. And in today's show, we chat about what is one of the key components to being a successful health coach, the key organ systems that you need to address to help women deal with pelvic pain, which include digestion, immune endocrine and adrenals, the importance of a multidisciplinary team and who to have on your team, what foods to avoid to decrease inflammation in people with inflammatory pain, what is her favorite question to ask a client, her pelvic pain elimination diet, which includes evidence-based foods to avoid to improve the symptoms of pelvic pain, and much more. All right, let's go chat with Jessica. So welcome, Jessica, to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Anne. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, can you um, share with us? Because, you know, I've met you and we've hung out a little bit. And, you know, can, if, for people who don't know you, share your story about how you got into what you're doing today. So I started
1: my career as a physical therapist, and when I graduated from physical therapy school, I really thought I was going to focus on orthopedics and sports medicine, and I did do that for about a year, and then I met a woman who had had breast cancer surgery, and her rehabilitation, you know, was was really unique because it was involving a medical issue, it was involving women's health issues. And she just was a patient who really touched my heart. And from there, I started to specialize even as a physical therapist in women's health. So I spent the next 10 years or so um, doing pelvic floor physical therapy, women's health physical therapy. So I worked with women with pelvic pain, with sexual pain, with pain during pregnancy, pain postpartum. um, And also things like urinary incontinence, fecal incontinence. uh, you know, pelvic organ prolapse, which could be bladder, could be uterine prolapse, rectal prolapse. And, you know, I, I really loved that population, but sometime, gosh, you know, the the timing is a little sketchy because I wasn't, I got sick and it happened, uh, after I, the birth of my first daughter, she was born in 2003. And, um, I went to a lot of physicians. I had all these vague symptoms, you know, which a lot of people with chronic illness, you know, we struggle because it's like you didn't get in a car wreck, you didn't, you know, just get the flu. But over time, I I got sicker and sicker, and it was all this vague stuff. I had anxiety. I had I would catch every cold and flu that she brought home from preschool. Uh, one time, I was actually working in a big university hospital, and I literally like passed out on the floor, mm-hmm. and I was just. Fatigued and not my energetic, you know, self. But for years, I was told by physicians, you know, and I went to some great physicians. I was a clinician, and they were like, "Well, you know, you just need some rest. You know, take a nap, have an antidepressant, you know, (laughs) these kinds of things." Which honestly, I tried, you know, um, but they did not help and didn't get to the root of the problem. And I really couldn't understand what was wrong with me. But eventually. I found a functional medicine doctor, and this was probably in 2006 or so. So, we weren't really talking about things like hormonal imbalances and gluten sensitivities and how food really did function as medicine. You know, the physicians that I went to, and and even myself as a clinician, Really didn't think food had anything to do with it. You know, I, it never occurred to me that food would be a part of the puzzle with chronic pelvic pain or any of the um, other than the bowel issues. You know, we talked about uh, when I treated patients with constipation, for example, it would be like, oh, they need to eat more fiber. But we thought more that it, it had to do with their muscular tightness or lack of movement or, you know, whatever. They just weren't eating enough fiber. It was very simplistic. And so, To do something like balance your hormones with food was really not nothing anyone had heard of at that time. But as I said, luckily, I was found a functional medicine doctor who I she had been a a physician that we referred back and forth to at the hospital where I worked uh, down in Texas, and she really, I mean, in many ways, saved my life. Um, But she was still in the medical model, so she was what I had was adrenal fatigue. And which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to on the show. And, you know, it, it's so understood and so much more commonly diagnosed now. And it's so, I think for me, it was just a relief that I could put an understanding to all of these vague symptoms. But she didn't know that much about nutrition. She knew more about the supplements, you know, that could support she knew to rest and things like that. So I really had to to dive deeper on my own into nutrition. And I tried everything at first. I was having like raw egg smoothies and sardines for breakfast and, you know, all the things that we do because there was no one there to show me. Um, but over time, essentially, I evolved into eating sort of a low sugar, high protein, high fat compared to what I was eating before, which is essentially a... I was what, what I would call now like a um, carb vegan. I was pretty much eating like pasta and vegetables, you know, sugar. I was eating mostly sugar and I didn't see it that way. I thought I was eating really healthy, mm. but I was eating grains or processed grains and sugar and uh, vegetables. And so I really made a huge shift over, over time. And then I started to realize, gosh, pelvic pain – has to do with hormones you know we have women with low estrogen that are having painful sex women with high estrogen that are struggling with endometriosis once I understood more about cortisol and how that could in and of itself contribute to pain because it could hypersensitize the nervous system I really felt like this was a missing piece in when I went back to work in my women's health physical therapy practice public health practice um, where I used to treat men as well but I had focused over the years on women and they have the same issue certainly with cortisol, but it's, it's more problematic in women generally. Um, So I started applying these things like anti inflammation diets and, you know, elimination diets and just completely like just playing with it. And in some cases it really worked. I had one client who a patient at the time who was going to have a hysterectomy because the pelvic floor physical therapy would keep her pain at bay, for you know a few weeks but every month when her period came it was just devastating pain and what we found out was she, and so this woman was on the verge of having a hysterectomy and she was sensitive to dairy but she was only eating it right before her period when she would crave mexican food <laughs> <laughs> can you believe that <laughs> So once she figured that out, and and that hasn't been the only case, you know. Since then, I've seen many, many patients, and I'm at, we're actually working on publishing a case study. Same kind of thing. It's like one in that case. In this other case, it was probably no. It was two things. It was goat dairy and soy. Mm. Um, so it's different for different women. But the point is, they can be very sensitive to foods, and that can contribute to their chronic pelvic pain. And so then. You know, basically I, I moved in the direction of working with women using food as medicine and using coaching, which kind of dives into other parts of lifestyle medicine, stress and sleep and just pleasure and spirituality and, you know, really having a well-rounded joy-filled life.
0: Mm. So, so mainly the tools in your arsenal are, you know, the nutrition, lifestyle changes, um, being more mindful. Um, What are some other, you know, key, I guess, nutrition or um, uh, other approaches that you focus on um, in your practice to help women with their pelvic pain or other, um, like women's health issues? Well, for pelvic pain, the kind of clinical reasoning, so I don't really believe very much
1: in things like protocols, because I find that, you know, every woman is different, and particularly with pelvic pain, because there can be bladder issues, there can be reproductive organ issues, there can be musculoskeletal, nerve, muscle, pelvic floor, muscle issues, um, soft tissue issues, and things like bowel. So things like endometriosis and interstitial cystitis very often overlap with Uh, things like um, uh, IBS or SIBO, uh, small intestine bacterial overgrowth, or just general dysbiosis. The microbiome, all the little bacteria in your colon are not in good balance. So the pelvic bowl is a great place for functional medicine because we really look at a lot of different systems. We look at hormones and digestion and um, bladder function and Uh, The stress response. So, the clinical reasoning that I use when looking at women with pelvic pain is we start first with taking away inflammation. And I always ask them about their bowel health and their digestive health. And while it's often not their primary complaint, you know, they'll say to me, Oh, yes, I've been constipated my whole life. Or, Yeah, I always get bloated, but so does my whole family. That's just how we are. You know, they don't even realize that their struggles with digestion are potentially contributing. So Mm. we look at really helping digestion by doing a a diet to help to figure out which foods might be causing them some extra inflammation. It's usually things
0: like sugar, dairy, gluten, all the fun stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's so funny that people think like, oh, you know, they don't worry about their poop and um, they, they just don't, they just brush it off. And it's such a integral part of being healthy um that i think most of us look that's where we look first right is is the the gut and the um digestion how is that um causing any inflammation etc so um yeah Okay, great. So, and I love the fact that you, you don't really look at protocols. I think that's really interesting because, you know, a lot of practitioners I know, they have like a standard protocol for inflammation. They have a standard protocol for adrenals, et cetera. So you're looking at it from a perspective, like look at this person and what's going on with them and kind of take it piece by piece, it seems like. I do
1: because, you know, in some cases, so most patients do need that kind of anti-inflammatory nutrition, mm. but for, for others, it gets more complicated. We have to look at small intestine bacterial overgrowth, which is something you can test for, see if there are uh, pathogenic bacteria growing in the small intestine and you can treat that with herbs or with... Um, uh, antibiotics, actually, local antibiotics, which I'm not a prescriber, but I collaborate with a lot of functional medicine physicians with that. Uh, other women. And so then you think, okay, why do they have SIBO? You know, have they been on proton pump inhibitors or something that lowered their stomach acid for years? I've had clients, you know, s- things that the, the medicines for reflux are so common and they, they suppress um, digestive juices. You know, they, de- they suppress your stomach acid, literally, and which does help with the pain, but those are only supposed to be kind of a short-term solution. And I've had lots of clients who were on them for years and decades even. And so you, when your stomach doesn't have that first barrier of acid, then, you know, you can have an overgrowth of bacteria in the small intestine, other people have it because they had colon surgery or even endometriosis surgery and now they've got some adhesions in the abdomen so their their motility of their gut isn't ideal so i really you know that's the individual approach and then a lot of times pelvic pain is cyclical or it happens mostly with sex or you know that kind of thing then we're going to be looking at the endocrine system so With that, I usually do start with adrenal fatigue because, you know, women that have pain tend to have lower uh, sex hormones. Although, as I said, in some cases like fibroids or endometriosis or even breast pain or heavy periods or cramping, um, they may have excess estrogen. So again, then we look at it individually. Are they exposed to too many estrogens in their environment or, you know, 80% of American women have at some point been on the birth control pill. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: All of those women pee (laughs) and zero of the waste treatment facilities filter out the hormones that we pee into the water supply. Mm -hmm. So there's tons of estrogen in the water supply. I actually just saw a little thing that in in, uh, the Pacific Northwest now, the salmon are being exposed to very high levels of antidepressant runoff. So you're eating healthy, wild North Pacific Northwest salmon, and it's got antidepressant medications in it in small amounts. You know, so these things disrupt the endocrine system. And so what we have to do is really support the liver. So it's like everything's connected, which is why, again, you know, I have, might have some women that are eating lots of cruciferous vegetables and they have very little hormonal exposure. But they have tons of stress, or you know they just went through a divorce, or they've been in chronic pain for a really long time, so their cortisol levels are, are elevated or maybe even low, depending on you know when they see me and so you know we need to address those issues. so I really do try to look at the root causes deeper than You know, do they need a thousand milligrams of vitamin C to support their adrenals? Those things are important, um, but that's not going to fix the fact that someone doesn't know where their next job is coming from or they're in a big relationship crisis. You've got to deal with that while you're supporting the physical resilience. Uh, I really believe in building up physical resilience before we make huge emotional you know dives and changes because it's challenging you know if a woman a woman does go through divorce or she even decides to gets really healthy and decides to get pregnant that's amazing you know some of these stressors are positive, but we have to support the real root causes of of what's contributing to some of these issues and sometimes they really are very physical um, in which case you know more targeted supplement protocols and Um, you know, herbal support for the adrenals or, um, you know, short term um, progesterone is really good if someone's having trouble sleeping and they need sleep to heal. So we really, I I do all of it, but I think of it sort of systematically based on what's the, the biggest problem that the person's coming to me with first.
0: Yeah, you've kind of shared a lot that I wanted to unpack, but I wanted to kind of underscore a couple of things. And, you know, I think that your approach is brilliant because, you know, as a health coach myself, people want to see results first, right? then then you can help them you you gain their trust and then then you can help them with the deeper issues like you said maybe the emotional issues that oftentimes if those don't get fixed or the mindset things then they're just going to relapse right and so so it's it's this big holistic approach but we have to get them the results that they want to see first before we can move forward um I wanted to ask more about, you know, because now you work with um, training people who want to work with women um, holistically, and like you said, every person's individual, so, so there's not really a protocol necessarily that you apply to everybody, but what's the, the systematic approach that you were talking about that you try to teach people to start with to assess, okay, what is going on and how do I know what is the most important thing to address first?
1: So in our coaching program, so we have five, currently five different training programs. The coaching program focuses, the first half focuses about, I think it's 20 weeks or something like that, where we really practice communication skills Hmm. because you can't get to the root if your client isn't really talking to you. One of the biggest mistakes that clinicians make when they try to shift into sort of a coaching mode is they'll say something like, so, okay, you want to have smoothies for breakfast every morning, right? That's Mm -hmm. a question, (laughs) but really it's a recommendation, Mm -hmm. right? Or they'll say, you know, if you, you know, shut off your laptop at 8 PM and go to bed by nine 30, you're going to feel better. So next week you're going to go to bed by nine 30 every night. Does that sound good? You know, the client's not going to say no, Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) right? But are they going to do it, right? Right.
1: But Mm -hmm. are they going to do it? And that's Mm -hmm. the big question. So we really have to connect with why does the client want to get healthy? Mm -hmm. And then what we have to learn to trust our clients and our patients a little bit more. They often know what they need to do first. Mm -hmm. They really do. And it's not with everything. They don't know the dosages of supplements. They don't know exactly the diet. And the diet thing can get very confusing because, you know, they've read about it on the internet and they've tried 10 things and, you know, (laughs) all of that. But if they kind of have the opportunity in a really safe space and a really skilled communicator working with them, we'll know where to start and we'll know where to go next, you know, and we'll pull out their, um, I would say their, like, resources, like, you know, maybe they were a very skilled Mm. something before and now we've got to just apply that to their health. Mm. So we really spend a lot of time on communication skills, mindful listening, things like that. Um, And, and how to ask true open-ended questions and really trust our clients. And then the second half, we, I do systematically go through the biologic systems. So things like cardiovascular system, cardiometabolic, but we look at it through the lens of the peer-reviewed published literature uh, in women whenever possible. Of course, that's, we don't always have studies in women, but that's improving. Um, recently. And so we look at cardiovascular system, we look at the endocrine system, we look at the immune system, we look at the digestive system. And so that's, you know, the coaching system, uh, the coaching program is a, is a wide education in functional, med- in functional nutrition um, with some, you know, connection to when do you need to collaborate with a functional medicine uh, pr- prescriber or someone who can order some of the testing that nutritionists and health coaches may not have the license to do, um, but then when it comes to applying it. So, for example, one of our specific training programs is a shorter course on helping clinicians treat chronic pelvic pain, and the systematic approach there is we I start the first module is all about doing some of these things ourselves because as clinicians, aren't we so burned out? You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, last, a couple of weeks ago, we re, we started the new class of pelvic pain practitioners and I gave them the recommendation that I learned actually from, uh, Alan Christensen, who we know from mindshare and it's called the sleepcation. So you sleep like 12 hours for something like three days in a row. Mm. Oh my gosh. And she was like on our Facebook board, like I'm a professional. I know this is a good idea. She was like, I'm having so much resistance. (laughs) (laughs) And that gives our professionals, uh, empathy and understanding for how hard it is to make behavior changes. Even when this is the thing that we're into and we're doing all the time, right? Mm. So that's step one, but then step two is, you know, heal the digestive system the immune system the endocrine system we always do the pelvic pain elimination diet because i think that gives us so much information um, and you know and so forth like that and when to collaborate with a pelvic floor physical therapist if there's um musculoskeletal issues and finally the coaching issues of and sometimes this even bleeds into psychotherapy you know referrals as needed if someone, you know, was sexually abused or, um, you know, just has a lot of shame around sexuality or um, just really feels uncomfortable in her relationship, for example. Um, It may not even be uh, specifically that she feels shame, but she doesn't feel good in this relationship. So, Pelvic pain is, as I said, a very broad way to apply functional nutrition and functional medicine and coaching because you really do have to look at each of these systems and then we practice and we do examples because for some women, one system will really be the the biggest problem and but generally, starting with digestion, immune system, and endocrine system, and you know cardiometabolic in terms of Uh, sugar balance because that affects cortisol and the adrenals, Um, but that's, it's a systems approach which um, we study using case studies and,
0: and practice. Sure. So as far as um, like from a a client perspective, if someone is coming in and they're working with you or um, a holistic practitioner, you know, what have you found has been like the length of time it takes for someone to truly heal? Like all of the root causes of what's going on with, you know, maybe their first complaint was pelvic pain, but um, they've got a lot of other underlying issues. What's like the true duration generally for people for true healing?
1: Well, I really feel like you can know if you're on the right track within the first three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and I meet with my clients twice a month and we also I give them email support if they need new recipes or updated recommendations of any kind, but about three months you're going to know if you're heading down the right track. You know, we'll do a systematic elimination diet, people who you know are committed to that, which most of them are in my experience when you coach around any challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, And then you'll know, hmm, this is, okay, we're showing some improvements in symptoms, but not quite everything, or, you know, or this is looking really unusual. Like, I think you may have undiagnosed endometriosis, which there, the gold standard treatment is first to have excision surgery by a very skilled surgeon. We don't play with that lightly, Mm. Um, you know then we're starting to think, hmm, we might not be able to do this just with functional medicine, functional nutrition. Um, The bowel, the um, digestive and bowel issues, you know, when we're talking about kind of rebalancing a microbiome, and also if you have dysbiosis of the vagina, so things like chronic um, yeast infections or bacterial vaginosis, I think of that more as dysbiosis of the vagina, Mm -hmm. that that can take three to six months you know, and and to work through the big changes. So if they do have adrenal fatigue and long-term chronic stressors, you know, I work with some of my clients for closer to six to twelve months, and in the say two two and a half years. But in those cases, it's generally because you know things have improved and improved and improved, and they just keep having new goals. You know, mm-hmm. like I had one client who she had gotten pregnant, but she had PCOS and she had a healthy baby. She didn't want another baby, but she was still having problems with her PCOS. And she was overweight and she was really overcommitted and her husband had a lot of chronic pain. Um, And over time, you know, slowly, but surely just we worked together for a long time, but it was because it was like first she just wanted to get active and then she wanted to be more committed to her daughter. And then they went on a big family vacation and like, things got better and better and better. So that's the the really exciting part about working in functional medicine. You don't sort of just get your patient to a place of being without severe pain and then you're like, okay, bye, you're good. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's more like, hey, what do you want to do? You know, and and we do want to get over that first hump because they usually see me because they're in initial pain or have digestive problems that are really bothersome. But after that, which, you know, we're talking between three and 12 months, depending on severity. But after that, it's like, hey, the sky's the limit now. Now you can be optimally healthy if you want to. And what does that mean to you? And you know, how old are you? And where are you in in your life? And so that's the fun part to me. I mean, it's all fun, because the first part is a lot of you know, just clinical challenge, which is interesting, but it's also just getting into the pain that that these patients are suffering with. And, you know, just sitting with that pain and helping them feel comfortable with that pain and then transferring that pain, uh, transforming that pain. In many cases, I find that my clients learn something from their pain. Mm.
0: Um,
1: It's like a message. And so as a coach and as a clinician, I need to be patient and let them get the lesson, which can be really hard. That was one of the biggest shifts because I was originally trained from a Western mindset that, that my job as a clinician is to fix the problem. Mm -hmm. And so that was really stressful at first, but now I'm more and more and more comfortable sitting with people in their pain. And then we get to do even more cool stuff together.
0: Yeah, I you know, I think that um I'm paraphrasing the quote but you know they say um when you don't have your health that's really the only thing you focus on. But when you do have your health, you have the whole world in front of you. Like you can you can think about your your impact that you want to make on the world. And so um so I think that with the health coaching work, we can kind of keep get to that deeper level. Um I was wondering, okay, so you were saying six to 12 months to really get to people. As far as, you know, when you, when you teach people, practitioners, to undergo this, um, this thought process, this systematic approach, so there's the coach, the communication component, and there's all the, the, the digestion, the immune, the endocrine, you know, what comes first? Like, is it the communication and then all those body systems? Or, you know, how should someone approach what they learn about first? Well, in terms of application to like
1: working with a client, yes. I do think the communication system has to come first because you need, in fact, I was just training one of my students right before this call. We do some private work so that they really are ready. And, um, you know, you can start with, okay, this is what I think is wrong with you, you know. (laughs) But it's actually even better to give us, it doesn't actually take as long as clinicians think it's going to take. We give people an open space. You know, that idea of holding space and mindfully listening is so rare mm. that people will tell you the, a lot of the meat I mean, almost immediately if you, if you give them that safety. And so that's a communication skill where you're kind of taking a history, but it's not like you're checking off a form. It's not like, oh, did you ever have migraines and does your parents have heart attacks? And, you know, it's more like, what's the story? You know, how did you come here? Were you sick as a child? I always ask one of my favorite questions is, when is the last time you felt really well? Mm. You know, so we want to think about, okay, that's possible for you. Let's just think about what we have to do to get back there. Mm. So establishing trust. But from there, yes then i really do want physical resilience to come first so then the application would be let's assess the digestive system because without functioning digestion you can't absorb nutrients so nothing else can can heal if you're struggling with dysbiosis and leaky gut and you know poor nutrient absorption and even if you're eating the most beautiful autoimmune paleo <laughs> diet you're just not taking any of it in right mm-hmm. <laughs> So we have to make sure that's functioning.
0: Sure, I remember what I was gonna ask you. So you had talked about sitting with a person and creating that space, right? So in conventional medicine, you might get seven minutes in an appointment. So how long are you sitting with these people um, during their appointments, you know, coaching them through their processes?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I started as a physical therapist and luckily because I worked in women's health, I had a lot of time really. I used to see my clients at least once a week, my patients at least once a week for more like 45 minutes, at least a half hour. Mm. Um, When I started coaching, I coached about an hour sessions, 50 minute sessions, but honestly now I do 30 minute sessions because I think number one, I can get to that safe space faster. It's just skills practice, but also I don't want to overwhelm them with stuff to do. You know, it's like, let's make small changes that really stick Mm -hmm. consistently. Mm -hmm. And so my sessions are a half hour, which is long for a physician. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I do understand that, that this is really hard to apply if you're a practicing physician in Western medicine. But if you're a psychologist, if you're a nurse practitioner in some cases, if you're a midwife, if you're a physical therapist, if you're an occupational therapist – many times you do have 30 minutes, you know, or at least 15, 20 minutes. um, And and it's possible to, to do this kind of work, but other times, you know, Having a, a really well trained health coach who's got functional nutrition skills as a part of your practice mm. is increasingly the model. I have more and more physicians kind of asking me, okay, where do I find your graduates? You know, uh-huh. <laughs> because they, you sometimes need to have someone, you know, order all the labs and do the blood work and maybe even do some surgical procedures or things like that. But then before and after, who's really supporting, and and it could be nurses in the practice um, who have this training. So there's time for this. The challenge is the payment models. I mean, it is complicated, but we have increasingly integrative uh, physical therapy practices that I know employ health coaches and um, functional nutritionists and any kind of practice that might be kind of holistic-minded that may employ someone like a personal trainer or a massage therapist has the capacity to do this kind of work.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, in um, my, my, I always say in my past life as a pharmacist in the traditional medicine model, we had multiple, multidisciplinary teams where, you know, you would have the physical therapist, we'd have the nutritionist, we'd have the nurse, the pharmacist, the physician. And so it's kind of going back to that model but, and having everyone, you know, focus on the area of expertise, but now using a functional perspective, um, which I think is really yeah. unique. So um, you had mentioned earlier about um, pelvic elimination diets, and I'm curious if there's any difference between that type of elimination diet and like a regular type of elimination diet. Is there anything you you focus on more specifically for people with pelvic pain in this elimination diet? Well, I created the pelvic pain elimination diet
1: based on anything that had ever been published in the literature that was helpful to Mm. patients with pelvic pain of any kind. So we start there, Uh, we eliminate something like 15 things, and it's very similar to kind of any general elimination diet, you know, as I said, sugar, sweeteners, dairy, gluten. Um, I I actually have a download of the one I do for the fall. I like to do them seasonally, so people have different foods for different seasons. Um, So I can give you a copy of that, but it is similar. Some of the specifics are definitely soy, because it impacts the hormones so much Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes nightshade vegetables because especially for patients that have like musculoskeletal like pelvic ring maybe they had an injury during birth to their pubic symphysis or more of like a hip or a sacral injury nightshades can can be more of an issue there Um, you know sometimes we go all the way grain free all the way egg free Beef has been shown in the literature, although mostly I don't see that being a problem when you use the grass-fed, you know, organic high-quality beef. Mm-hmm. Uh, common allergens, so especially for people that have low stomach acid, there is an increase actually in anaphylactic kind of IgG allergies. So we, we watch out for things like peanuts and tree nuts and um, shellfish, things that commonly trigger IgE G- Ig- allergies, which are rising in adults, which I think is really kind of scary. you have got to get people off those proton pump inhibitors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. You know? And so it, it's not very different. It's just that I've kind of combed the literature and said, okay, what foods have been shown in any case to trigger someone's um, pelvic pain? And let's just take those out. Because, you know, things like food sensitivity testing isn't very well validated. There is some increasingly helpful clinical literature on IgG based elimination diets. So people have an IgG testing and then they kind of create the elimination diet using that. Mm -hmm. And that can be clinically helpful, but you know, it's not necessary and it's not really uh, accepted in, in all, in all practices. So
0: Yeah. Well, I love that because then it's an evidence-based approach to this elimination diet for the the patients and clients that you work with specifically. So, you know, you've given a lot of great tips for people who have um, pelvic pain and, you know, perhaps pelvic cancers and other pelvic health issues. So are there any other um, uh, conditions um, or things that they can do to get the best possible care that we might not have had discussed yet?
1: So I think if you're dealing with chronic pelvic pain, you, you want to see someone who does take a holistic approach. Um, Just, you know, the, the, what's really helpful about the, the traditional physicians in dealing with chronic pelvic pain is we can rule out things like cancers or, you know, GI doctors can rule out cancers, um, rule out serious complications of, Surgery is, for example, or if, you know, in endometriosis, as I said, sometimes doing surgery is an important part of the therapy. So you want to kind of get what is the root cause. And and the only only way you're going to find that is with your traditional OBGYN or gastroenterologist, they're going to rule out something major and serious. And that's useful because then you can just know, okay, we don't have something major and serious going on here but we do have something that's really bothering my life. And so functional medicine, functional nutritionists, you really want to start there. Also pelvic trained physical therapists, more of them are thinking very holistically. They're used to looking at both the um, the urogenital components and the gastro, gastro and digestive components. So someone who does take a broad lens to pelvic pain is really going to help you get to your root cause. And then I I would say that they're, they're doing their job if they're also helping you build a team. Mm. As we talked about this multidisciplinary team is really important in public health. Sometimes you do need psychotherapy. Sometimes you do need surgery. Sometimes you need nutrition and you want to expect to be working with a great multidisciplinary team, even if they don't all work in the same office you know, it's that kind of approach.
0: Yeah, perfect. So you've got you given us some great tips for for patients, and then also you know for practitioners who are listening, um, the systematic approach for you know how to address some things. Um, do you have any resources that you can recommend um, for people if they want more information or if they want to get a hold of you and work with you? How can they find you? Well, the
1: website is integrativewomenshealthinstitute.com, all written out, and that's really the best place for both practitioners and for women who are struggling with pelvic pain who want to, you know, work with us as a, as a client. Um, all of our professional education programs are listed there and our patient uh, and client services, so integrativewomenshealthinstitute.com is where you'll find everything.
0: Perfect. And I think you said you have um, some trainings. Well, I think you said there were five different trainings available for practitioners. Can you share more about what those trainings are? You talked about communication and is it just all the different systems or are there other trainings that you offer for people?
1: So the, the first thing is the Women's Health Coach Certification, which is accredited by the National, the NCCHWC, which is the board uh, overseeing health coaches in the United States. So we do have an accredited program that's called the women's health coach certification. The others are, that's a nine month, you know, learn all the systems, learn all the communication skills, just digging deep. And that's a great course. I love working with, with the women there. And then we have shorter targeted uh, courses. One focuses on pelvic pain, functional nutrition for pelvic pain. One focuses on Specifically on vulva vaginal issues and vulvar dermatology, things like lichen sclerosis and vulvodynia and you know vulvar and vaginal specific pain, and that one's taught with two other professionals so i've collaborated on that one, a physical therapist and an acupuncturist actually oh. and then we also have a course to help women support female athletes and one to help women um, f- focus on helping women really prep for having a great pregnancy so it's fertility but it's also just preconception um and i i did that course with laura adler uh who's a um environmental toxins expert because preconception you definitely want to be doing some detox
0: right yes
1: yes yes. (laughs) awesome
0: wow you know i I'm so blown away. I really think of you, Jessica, as like the go-to expert for pelvic pain and pelvic health conditions. And, um, you know, I love the the breadth of and depth of your knowledge. And um, I love that you are training other people to do what you do now so that we can, you know, expand the reach and have that ripple effect. So thank you so much for for doing what you're doing and, um, you know, for offering these these courses. So I really hope people take it look at them because you know I think that um, the more people who are using the functional medicine approach the integrative approach the multidisciplinary approach the more we we can help you know more people and change the world for better so um, so thank you so much for your time and for coming on the show thank you it's been my absolute pleasure to be here thank you so much
1: for having me you're
0: welcome hey so I hope you enjoyed this show All the links and resources mentioned today are in the show notes at drann.com, spelled A-N-H as in healthy. And while you're there, remember to hop on the Food as Medicine VIP email list, and you'll get my free gift. It's the Clean Eating Rules, and it's everything that I learned about nutrition when I was on my bodybuilding journey, which happens to be contrary to many of the things I learned in school. And it's really my number one guide from my experience for how to eat to lose weight, improve your biometrics, and get more energy. You'll also get all my favorite pearls from the show. And this show can be a bit technical at times with lots of details about what foods to eat, what foods to avoid, as well as what supplements to take and in what dosages, etc. So if you're anything like me, you're probably listening to this while driving, cooking, running some errands around the house, walking the dog, etc. And you really aren't in a position to be jotting down notes of all the great information that's shared by the guest. So... I've taken all the notes for you, and by hopping on my email list, you'll get all the show pearls delivered right to your inbox, so you can refer back to them at any time. Finally, as a VIP email subscriber, you'll get the occasional love letters from me, which are emails sharing some of my favorite recipes and products, upcoming events, new information that I've learned, and just other goodies. So go to drann.com now and enter your name and email address. Did you like this episode? Then remember to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and leave us a review. This will really help us with the iTunes rankings and help more people find the show. Remember to tell all your friends because we need more people to hear the food as medicine message. We've got plenty of great guests coming up. So stay tuned. Thanks so much for stopping by. And until next time, remember to eat consciously because the world needs a healthy and vibrant you.